بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين يقص الحق وهو خير الفاصلين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليمًا كثيرًا كثيرًا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليمًا بسعيد الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد Here we are in the 31st session of our series Islam's Greatest Personalities and today inshallah our discussion will be regarding Prophet Yunus alayhi salam I know a lot of you are quite surprised to see a pumpkin uh, sitting here and before anybody gives a fatwa of kufr or shirk upon me uh, because of it being October are we celebrating Halloween in the masjid just hang on wait inshallah just do sabar inshallah and we will come to this as well towards the end of today's session inshallah so there is an entire surah in the Quran as Surat Yunus as we are all aware Alhamdulillah Yunus is a familiar name amongst our people and in English generally we say Jonah so what better way than to you know we can look at what the Quran says first of all so some of the ayat will speak about this prophet and then we'll go into the discussion in regards to his life so first of all we have an ayah again from Surah Yunus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرْيَةٌ آمَنَتْ فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا إِلَّا قَوْمَ يُونُسٌ لَمَّا آمَنُوا كَشَفْنَا عَنْهُمْ عَذَابَ الْخِزِّ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَتَّعَنَاهُمْ إِلَى حِينٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرْيَةٌ If only there was one town آمَنَتْ that believed فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا and they benefited by their belief. Illa qawma Yunus, except the town of Yunus alayhi salam, lamma amanu, when they believed, kashafna anhum adab al-khiz fi al-hayati dunya we remove from them the punishment or the suffering of disgrace in this worldly life, and we gave them enjoyment for a while. So this is one ayah. We'll come to the explanation later on, inshallah. So that's one ayah. Then we look at Surah Al-Anbiya, the Surah of Al-Anbiya, the Prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, means is referring to Yunus alayhi salam. Wadhanun meaning the person of the whale, the person of the fish. In Urdu we say machli wala. Okay, wadhanun meaning Yunus alayhi salam. And Yunus alayhi salam is dhahabamuhadiban. When he left his people uh, out of fury, he was angry with his people. Fadanna Allah naqdira alayhi. And Yunus thought, whilst going from the town, he thought that Allah will not constrict him. Allah will not uh, constrict him, will not straighten him. Fanada, uh, thus he called out in the darkness, Allah ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al And 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says thus, Allah says, we accepted him, we accepted his prayer, we saved him from grief, and this is how we save the believers. So this is two ayat regarding Prophet Yunus alayhi salam. Number three, Surah As-Safat. In Surah As-Safat, Allah says, وَإِنَّ يُونُسَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ And Yunus was amongst the messengers. إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونَ When he fled to the overloaded ship. فَسَاهَمَ فَكَانَ مِنَ الْمُدْحَضِينَ And he drew lots and he was from those who lost. فَالْتَقَمَهُ الْحُوتُ وَهُوَ مُلِينَ Then a whale swallowed him whilst he was blameworthy. فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ had he not been from amongst those who praised Allah, who would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of resurrection. Allah says, we threw him in the open land, whilst he was worn out, he was quite ill. And we grew over him the tree of Yaqteen. And we sent him to over a hundred thousand people. فَآمَنُوا And they bought Iman. فَمَتَّعَنَاهُمْ إِلَى And we gave them enjoyment for a while. How many verses have we done? Three. Surah Yunus, Surah Al-Anbiya, Surah Al-Safat. And one more verse we have in Surah Al-Qalam. In the 29th Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ have patience for the command of your Lord. And do not be like the person of the fish. Who's that? Yunus alayhi Allah is telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, be patient and don't be like Yunus alayhi salam. When he called out his Lord and because he was in despair because of what had happened. Had it not been for the favor of your Lord upon him, then we would have thrown him out onto the shore whilst he was blameworthy. Thus your Lord selected him, chose him, and made him from amongst the righteous. How many ayat is that altogether? One in Yunus, one in Anbiya, one in Safat, one in Qalam. So these four ayat. So based on this, inshallah, we will base today's discussion. First of all, to understand who was Yunus alayhi salam and what detail do we have, which is authentic, reliable. So one thing we find, the scholars of Tafsir mention that Yunus was from the place, a place called Ninawa. And in Iraq, we have Mosul. And there close by we have a place called Ninawa. So this is where Yunus alayhi salam was sent to the people of Ninawa. And this is in Iraq. Okay. So this is one thing we have established. Now the people of Ninawa, the people of Iraq, that particular area of Iraq, they were committing kufr. They were committing shirk. They were disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So prophet was, a prophet was sent. And generally this is what happened when people became corrupt. People lost their way. They went astray. Allah would send the prophet. The prophet would come to guide the people. Remember, prophets were very truthful. Prophets were very, very honest. And prophets were very trustworthy people. 
chosen and selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have the highest level of Iman, the highest level of Taqwa, the highest level of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they were the beloved chosen people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Yunus alayhi salam goes to his people and he reminds them regarding Allah's favors. He tells them to believe in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And alongside this, he tells them the reward that they will get. But also he said to them that if you do not believe, if you continue behaving like this in your kufr, then Allah is going to send upon you a punishment. So he gave them a warning as well. And when he gave them a warning, the idea was that by him warning them, that will soften their hearts. And maybe they will cry, maybe they will repent, maybe they will accept the message and they will turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, what happened that they did not believe, they did not listen. Yunus alayhi salam continued to warn them, but they did not listen. And he told them, look, you don't believe in three days time, the punishment of Allah is coming. And after warning them many, many times, Yunus salam felt that now the punishment of Allah is going to come on these people. These people are not listening. They are disobeying. There is no sign of any remorse, regret or repentance. The punishment of Allah is going to come. Yunus salam left from there. He thought that now the punishment of Allah is going to come. I've not been told to stay with them forever and ever. Allah didn't say to him that you're going to stay with them. Even when the punishment comes, you're with them. So I've done my bit. I've played my part. I've given the warning. They're not repenting. They're not turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was furious at his people and thinking like, why are they not listening? How many times I've told them so many times, let me go from here. Now, Yunus alayhi salam didn't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take him to task for leaving earlier than he was supposed to because he's done what he had to do. He's done what Allah told him to remind them, to warn them. So he had done everything. He's ticked all the boxes. Everything is done. Now imagine there's a class running and these older students and the class finishes at 7.30. Normally they get released. The teacher releases them every day at 7.30. You go, go home, go home. One day the teacher is busy. He's gone into another classroom. Okay. It's come 7.30 and the students are there. Now normally what happens, the teacher would release them. But they themselves made a decision amongst themselves. That, Look, it's 7.30. Teacher's not here, but we should go now. So by themselves, they decided that we won't wait for the teacher. Let's go. And they go. Now the following day, what's going to happen? Will they get in trouble or not? Will they get in trouble? Is it going to be really serious? Or will they just get told like, because they didn't do anything wrong as such because it was home time. But what should they have done? They should have waited for the teacher. So it's not, a, it's not something wrong. So this is something very important to clarify here. We've been discussing this from the beginning when we spoke about Adam alayhi salam on the topic of Ismatul Anbiya, very important. All of the prophets of Allah are totally innocent. They don't commit a sin. Yunus alayhi salam, and this is the mistake that many people have made when translating as well. Because the Quran says, and if you find a lot of translations, they say that Yunus thought 
that Allah does not have power over him. This is kufr. If so, how can we attribute something like that to a Nabi? Forget a Nabi, a normal person on the street wouldn't say this, wouldn't say that who feels that Allah doesn't have power over me. No, it's not from Qudra. Okay, it's not from Qudra. And this is the mistake people have made in the Arabic and it's very becoming very common. The most speakers there are now, especially online, you're finding a lot of this where they're making major mistakes with understanding a particular word and they're denying something which is leading to kufr. The whole fiasco that's been going on recently with the Imran Hussein uh, and he's denying the mutawatir qiraat and he's saying that وَإِنَّهُ لَعِلْمُ لِسَّاءَ Quran says and he's saying no. Somebody came later on and changed it should be لَعَلَمُ لِسَّاءَ But the, the, the thing is most people generally uh, the common people, when you listen to this, you're going to think, oh, wow, it makes sense. But in reality, if you know something very basic regarding the Quran, the Quran has come to us as it is, with, it's not been changed. And forget what's been written. The Quran has come to us, okay, through recitation. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam heard it directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sahaba heard it. And like this, in every generation, people have heard it. Despite what's been written in there, okay, it's been heard. So this qira'a of وَإِنَّهُ لَعِلْمُ لِسَّاعَ This is something that has been recited, okay, for centuries and people have heard it. So for somebody now to come and say that somebody put the the fatha dhamma kasra and they change the diacritical marks okay from themselves if you understand the basic then you won't make this mistake and you won't accept that you will know that okay if that's the case then why is it that all these thousands of people throughout so many years did nobody click on nobody knew only this one scholar knows this and nobody else knows this in the world and this is something i think it's important to mention Many people nowadays, when you're listening to certain scholars, what happens? They, you comment by saying, this scholar is the real scholar. Because he tells us things that nobody tells us. This is problematic in itself. This is a problematic thing in itself. If, if, if there is a scholar today telling you things that nobody has told you, what does that say? That should raise a big question mark. Thinking, what about the scholar, 1400 years of scholarship? Did they not know? Why is it only he knows? There must be something wrong somewhere. And the Prophet ﷺ, as part of Islamic eschatology, okay, end of time events, hadith, one of them is, a time is going to come, there's going to be the Jaloon, Kazaboon, 30 great liars. And he even said that they will tell you things that you have not heard before. Stay away from them and do not listen to them because they are misguided and they will misguide other people as well. So this is becoming very common. So when it comes to Quran, we have to be careful. And many have translated this and have said that Yunus felt that Allah will not, Allah does not have power over him. This is not from Qudra. Okay. This is فَمَنْ قُدِرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقُهُ Allah says, Okay, and uh, This is, from this word, not Qudra. 
So over here we say that Yunus alayhi salam did not think that Allah is going to constrict him. Meaning he thought he had the flexibility. The student, like we said, they didn't think that they were going to get in trouble for leaving at 7.30 because they thought that they're not doing anything wrong. So what Yunus alayhi salam did was not a sin, not a ma'asiyah. Because remember, Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam are ma'asum and they do not commit sins. Yes. Preferably, it was better for him to have stayed. And because he is a prophet and Allah is Allah, Allah can deal with him how he wants. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then made him go through this lesson uh, for, for him and for the rest of us to learn. So we find over here that Yunus alayhi salam, he left the... Now, what happens? Yunus alayhi salam has gone. We'll come back to that in a moment. But in the meantime, the people had a change of heart in that time, in that moment. So the people of Yunus who were not listening at all, now they've had a change of heart because they noticed the clouds arriving and these were the clouds of the punishment of Allah. And they actually came, the punishment started to arrive. Now normally, once you see the punishment, you can't turn back. That, that has never happened. That is, that is the end. If you see the punishment, you can't turn back. And there are certain ahadith, three things I can mention to you. One hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allah accepts the tawbah and the iman of a person until you do not reach a stage of gharghara. Gharghara means when your soul is taken out and your soul reaches over here. Okay? When your soul reach, when the angel of death comes to you and your soul is being taken out and over here, your soul comes to over here. Okay, that you can't bring iman. You can't say la ilaha illallah after. You can't say, well, I'm making tawbah. That's too late now. Because you've seen the signs. The angel of death is here and your soul is being taken out. So up until then, you can change. Similarly, there is another narration that mentions Allah will accept the tawbah of any person until the sun doesn't rise from the west. And over here we find that Allah will accept the tawbah of any person until you do not see the punishment of Allah. Now this is the general rule. This is the general rule. But whose rule is this? It's the rule of Allah. Can Allah have an exception? If He wants. If He wants. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, there was not, not been any people, any town, any city that they saw the punishment and after seeing the punishment, they said, La ilaha illallah and the Iman benefited them. No, that's too late. Everybody, even, even Fir'aun, when Fir'aun was drowning, what did he say? What did he say? Quran says, I believe in the Lord of Harun and Musa. I say, I'm Muslim now. But was that acceptable? You do get one or two people, okay, fringe kind of opinions, who, who believe in the Iman of Fir'aun. But like you get that for everything. But generally, his Iman did not benefit him. And like that, when they saw the punishment, I mean, every, on the day of judgment, everybody's going to be a Muslim, aren't they? But that Iman is not that. The whole test is Iman bil ghaib. This is the whole test. To believe without seeing. That's why we get so much reward. For every ibadah a Muslim does, that's why there is so much reward because we believe without seeing. When you've seen, 
there's nothing, there's no test then. There's no element of testing. That's why on the day of judgment, everybody will be a believer. So like I said, so these people were an exception. This is the only time when Allah allowed a people that Yunus alayhi salam had left and the punishment began to arrive. And after seeing it immediately, they thought, do you know what? It's true what we've been told. Let's start changing. The scholars of Tafsir have written, they took off their clothing and they wore socks. They wore socks. And they took out the men, the women, the children, the animals, everything they could take out into the open land. And they all started crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are crying, they are wailing, they are making tawbah. And they continued doing this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showered his mercy upon them. He took the punishment away from them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرْيَةٌ آمَنَتْ فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا That if there was a people that the iman benefited them after seeing the punishment of Allah, إِلَّا قَوْمَ Yunus, It was the people of Yunus alayhi salam. Normally what happens, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِّن نَذِيرٍ إِلَّا قَالَ مُتْرَفُوهَا إِنَّا بِمَا أُرْسِلْتُمْ بِهِ كَافِرُونَ Whenever Allah sent a prophet or prophets and messengers, the affluent people, the rich people, the wealthy people would deny them and they refute them. No, Allah has not made you a messenger. Nothing. So when Allah says, إِلَّا قَوْمَ Yunus, Allah says that their iman benefited them. Now over here, there is a difference of opinion. There are two groups now amongst the scholars. One group says that the Iman benefited them only in the worldly life, meaning for a short period because Allah says, We removed the punishment and we gave them enjoyment for a while, for some time. Some scholars of Tafsir are of the opinion that this group of people, they were saved from the punishment at that time. So it was a momentary pleasure for them and they were given enjoyment for some time in the world, but in the hereafter they will be punished. However, majority of the scholars of Tafsir say no. Over here, when, when they have bought Iman, they have bought Iman, that Iman is valid, and Allah will give them enjoyment in the world, and this enjoyment will continue in the hereafter as well. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, Yunus alayhi salam later on he was sent to people. So, let, so let's continue from here. So Prophet Yunus alayhi salam warns his people. They don't listen to him. They continue in their kufr. He leaves them and because he's, he's, he's furiated with them, he's gone. And he didn't think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to constrict him that you have to stay this much time and you have to wait. Whereas Allah would have wanted him to stay there longer until Allah told him now you go. So Yunus salam has gone. In the meantime, the punishment arrives. They all make tawbah. They have all changed. They've reformed themselves. What's happening on the other side? So Yunus salam, when he leaves from there, Quran tells us that he arrived at the shore and there was a ship and the ship was fully loaded. There was no space on it. There were so many people, full kill mashhoon, an overloaded ship. There was so much luggage, and there were so many people on there. So it was already very heavy. And then you're adding another person on there. So they, they agreed to take Yunus alayhi salam on board. Now when the ship starts to sail in the water, 
uh, we learn that the ship, there was, the, the, there was a storm and the waves come crashing and the people on the ship are being thrown from one side to the other. And normally during those days, they would know that, look, there's so many of us, somebody has to come off the ship. Maybe this someone has done something. This is why, you know, this is happening to us. So Quran says, And indeed, Yunus was from amongst the messengers. When he fled to an overloaded ship, Abiq is normally describing a runaway slave. In Urdu, we say, Bagora Gulam. Okay, we have a slave. Okay, he's with the master. One master is looking away. He's just a, he's just a runner. Okay, so this is if Abaqa Allah uses because he's a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah wanted him to have stayed there a little bit longer. But before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command came to him, he left. He didn't think that he was going to get taken to task for it. He didn't think there was like a rigid rule. He thought there was flexibility. I've done my task. I've warned the people. I've done everything I had to. Punishment is going to come now. So he left a little bit earlier than Allah wanted him to. So now what happens? He fled to a overloaded ship. Now Quran tells us that the people on the ship decided, let's draw lots. Okay, whichever way it was in, either by pulling sticks. Normally how we would do it nowadays, you write, write your name on a piece of paper. Okay, put it into the hat or put it into a box and let's pull one name out. Whichever one comes out, that person has to, we're going to throw that person off the ship. So they did this. When they pulled the name out, whose name came out? Yunus alayhi He said, no way. Yunus alayhi said, I, I will go myself. No, we're not going to allow you to go. You're a noble, righteous person. You can't go. They did it again, second time again. What happens? The name of Yunus again. They did it again. Each time they pulled the name out, it was always the lot of Yusuf, Yunus alayhi salam. And thus Yunus alayhi salam uh, said that I will go and I will go into the water. So every time he pulled it out, he, would, he lost, meaning his name came out each time. Allah says the whale swallowed him whilst he was blameworthy. What was he blameworthy for? Well, for leaving before the command of Allah. Remember, he didn't commit a sin. Prophets don't commit sins. Very important, I've been repeating this again and again, because unfortunately there are people out there who are on a mission to find, criticize prophets, criticize the Sahaba, criticize, and the, once you start criticizing, it starts from it starts from the bottom okay when you have a nature of criticizing then a person starts going up then people start criticizing allah as well that's how far they go so we should be very positive we should be very careful with our tongues very careful because some people believe nobody is beyond criticism you'll be shocked to hear yesterday i heard i heard this person is sitting in london and he is fighting for his right to be allowed to criticize. And he's saying, I can criticize. And every majlis, when he starts off, every single majlis, we have Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, wa Nasta'inuhu, we say, Ashadu Allah, ilaha illallah, Ashadu Anna Muhammad, Rasulullah. We send sal sal salutations upon the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he concludes each time that may the curse of Allah be upon the enemies of the Prophet. 
And he says, especially, and he names four people. Especially, he's saying curse of Allah, especially Abu Bakr, Umar, Aisha, Hafsa. These are the greatest people. And then he went on to say, he went on to say, and this is happening on our lands. And then they're saying that this is not, you know, hate speech. Of course, it's creating, it's creating, showing your hatred for these individuals. And this leads a person very, very far. This leads a person very, very far. He went on to say that he says, maybe, maybe, uh, he, he, he's saying Abu Bakr and Umar, maybe they even had sexual relations amongst themselves. This is the kind of language being used. When a person is critical, then they will go as far as saying things like this as well. May Allah protect us. So Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, these same individuals, they will criticize the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. I'm talking about the Rawafid, okay? They criticize the Sahaba. They call them Munafiqeen. They say they are the, the same person was saying the murderer of the Prophet is no one other than Aisha. They celebrate. They celebrate the death of Aisha every year. They celebrate the death of Umar every single year. It's been celebrated. Whereas these were the greatest people of our religion. And when a person starts criticizing, they start criticizing. And somebody said to him, well, if you, if you criticize, then you know, how is it? Why don't you criticize your own people who you believe in? And he went on to say, yes, we believe in Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala, who is one of the noble people. But he says, I also criticize him. I call him a hypocrite as well. Na'udhu billahi min dhalik. Okay, we, for one moment we think, okay, you don't accept these sahaba. But even from the ones they do accept, he's gone as far as to say, I call him a munafiq also. May Allah protect us. So, Anbiya alayhim wa salatu wa salam. Allah has chosen them, selected them. They are the purest of the pure. They are ma'asum al-isma. Okay? Ismatul Anbiya is one of the beliefs of Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah. So this is very important. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Yunus alayhi salam has now been swallowed by this whale. So he goes into the water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes this whale swallow him. And some of the scholars of Tafsir have mentioned that Yunus alayhi salam when he's inside the whale he's been swallowed and then the movement has stopped he thought he's dead but then he moved his hands he moved his feet he moved his head around oh i'm not dead i'm still alive okay so he fell into sajda to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says there were some of the scholars of tafsir have written he fell into sajda and he said, Ya Rabbi, ittahaltu laka masjidan fi mawdi'in lam ya'budka ahadun mithlahum. That, oh Allah, I have prayed to you and made sajda to you in a place where nobody has ever prayed to you. And that is in the belly of the whale. Has anybody prayed there? Okay, people say, I've prayed here and I've prayed here and I've prayed in this masjid and I've prayed in the most remote location. Okay, so he says, oh Allah, I prayed to you. It's mentioned by scholar of tafsir. Again, the reliability it's not like quran it's not sunnah it's very important we are transparent it's been mentioned okay it's been mentioned now how long did yunus alayhi salam remain in the belly of the whale again this is not definitive because there is no quran and no hadith that gives you the exact duration some of the scholars of tafsir have given uh, an idea so we have shabi he says so the whale swallowed him in the morning 
and spat him out by the evening. One opinion. So opinion number one, one day. You swallowed in the morning and spat out in the evening. Qatada, again a great scholar of tafsir, he says, He remained in the belly of the well for three days. Uh, and we have Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, rahimahullah, he says, Sab'ata ayyam, seven days he remained in the belly of the well. And we have also another opinion from Sa'id ibn Abil Hassan and Abu Malik. And this is actually authentic from Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, rahimahullah, meaning the Sanad is correct to the narrator. Forty days. So the scholars of Tafsir have given preference to this one because the, the chain is more reliable. Again, it's not important to us. Did he say ten days? Did he say five days? But we've mentioned it because the scholars of Tafsir have mentioned. So Allahu A'lam exactly how long he stayed there. Now, he is now inside the belly of the whale. And whilst he's inside the belly of the whale, Yunus alayhi salam, he actually heard inside the belly of the whale, he heard the dhikr of Allah in there. He heard the other fishes making the dhikr of Allah. He heard the pebbles at the bottom of the ocean making the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he heard other creatures in the sea making the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what led him to say what he said at that time as well. And this is backed up by some narrations that we have, which we will mention very shortly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the person of the fish, meaning Yunus alayhi salam, when he went in a state of fury. Now again here, some people have translated and said that he left in a state of anger with Allah. Can you imagine a prophet being, why would a prophet be angry with Allah? No, he was angry with his people. It's the, the people and their behavior and them not repenting and the way they were. And he thought that we will not constrict him, we will not straighten him. And he called out in the darkness. What did he call out, everybody? La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did la ilaha illa anta? Oh Allah, there is no God except you. Subhanak, glorified, glorified you are. You are free from all faults. You are glorified. Glory be to you, inni kuntu dhalimin. And I am from the wrongdoers. He confessed and he understood that he did something that Allah didn't want him to do according. Allah wanted him to wait and he didn't wait. Inni kuntu dhalimin. Fastajabna lahu. Allah says we accepted him. Wanajaynahu minal ghal. And we saved him, we rescued him from the state of uh, despair. This is very powerful. You can, can you see what kind of situation Yunus was in? Okay, he was in the darkness. Okay, and not anywhere. Nobody can hear him. He, there's no way to come out of there. How would he even know if he's going to remain alive in there? Such a difficult and challenging situation he was in, and he recited, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu Allah says, We saved him, we took him out, we protected him, we saved him. And it doesn't end there. Immediately, Allah says, And this is how we will save any believer that reads this. This is for everybody. 
anybody at any time, whenever you are in trouble, you also do this, what Yunus alayhi salam, Quran says. This is in the Quran. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Same ayah. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ If you are in darkness, you're in difficulty, you're in a challenging position, you're going through a tough time with anything in your life, and you read, and you're sincere. La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minadhalimim. Allah is saying, Fastajabna lahu. We will listen. An waladjaynahu. We will save you. Wakadalika nunjil mu'minin. So, Allah naqadira alayhi ay Allah nudayyik alayhi. We will not. He thought that Allah will not constrict him. Now, what does it mean? Fanada fi zulumat. Zulumat is plural. Allah didn't say fanada fi dhulmati, dhulumat, darknesses. Okay, what darknesses were they? So, Hassan al-Basri and Qatada rahimahullah, Sa'id ibn Jubair ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, all of them, they say the three darknesses are dhulmatul hut, dhulmatul bahar, dhulmatul layl. The darkness of the belly of the whale, the darkness of the ocean, the darkness of the night. These are the three darknesses. No, so, however, some scholars of tafsir have said that no, because the darkness of the night can only be possible during the night time. But this, he wasn't just in the belly of the whale at night time, and there's nowhere where it says that he called out his Lord at night time. It could have been in the daytime. Maybe he was calling all day and all night. So what those scholars say that what happens, and there are some narrations that mention that Yunus alayhi salam was swallowed by a whale and that whale was swallowed by another larger fish. So this is dhulumat, meaning the dhulma of the whale, the dhulma of the second fish, and then the dhulma and the darkness of the ocean. So, ibtala al-hut, hutun akhar, fasalat dhulmatul hutayni ma'a dhulmatul bahar. So you've got now two fishes and then the darkness of the ocean. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did he do? So when he's in this darkness, he's reciting, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu minal dhalimin. Quran says, Falawla annahu kana minal musabbihin, lalabitha fi batnihi ila yawmi yuba'athum. If Yunus alayhi salam was not from amongst those who made the tasbih, the glorification, the praises of Allah, he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. If he didn't say, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minal zalimeen, he would have remained in the belly. Quran is saying this, Lalabitha fi batanihi ila yawmi yuba'athun. Now the scholars have mentioned there are two meanings, two interpretations of what it means. Falawla annahu kana minal musabbihin. Number one and the common one is the one I've just said to you. If he did not recite, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minal zalimeen, he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. This is the general understanding and the general tafsir that we normally hear. However, there is also another tafsir which the scholars of uh, Quran have made. And that is what it means. Lawla annahu kana minal musabbihin ay al Meaning if Yunus alayhi salam was not amongst our obedient slaves, Meaning even before he went into the belly of the whale, he was praying to Allah, he was remembering Allah, he was fasting for Allah, he was spending to Allah, he was supplicating to Allah. 
if he wasn't of those people who are obedient to Allah, then he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. This is another meaning scholars of Tafsir have mentioned. They are both valid. So either one, the first meaning is if he didn't do the tasbih, or meaning if he wasn't from the people of tasbih, Okay, before he was swallowed by the whale, he would have remained in. And the reason they say this is there is awesome narrations that back this up. And Imam Ahmad ibn Muhammad rahimahullah narrates from Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We find the intermediate as well, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Ya ghulam, inni u'allimuka kalimat, ihfadillaha yahfadka. Now, the Prophet says, Remember Allah in your good moments, Allah will remember you in your bad moments. Remember Allah in your happy moments, Allah will remember you in your sad moments. Remember Allah in prosperity, Allah will remember you in adversity. When things are going well, remember Allah. When things aren't so well, Allah will remember you. And following on from this, there is a narration which some of the scholars of Tafsir have mentioned that when the whale swallowed Yunus alayhi salam, Allah instructed the whale not to eat Yunus alayhi salam, not to harm Yunus alayhi salam not to break any of the bones of Yunus alayhi salam. And whilst he was inside the belly of the whale, and, he, and then the whale reached the bottom of the ocean, Yunus alayhi salam heard some sounds. And he thought to himself, what is this sound? I can hear some sounds at the bottom of the ocean. What sound could this be? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him that this is the tasbih of the sea creatures. They are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he heard the tasbih of Allah at the bottom of the ocean, Yunus alayhi salam was also reminded, I should also make tasbih. So he started to do the tasbih. La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-dhalimin. La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-dhalimin. Fasami'atil malaikatu tasbihahu. The Malaika and the angels, they heard the tasbih of Yunus alayhi salam. And they said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Rabbana, O our Lord, Nasma'u sawtan da'ifan bi'ardin gharibah. We can hear a very weak, quiet sound from a very distant and unknown land. We have never received any good deeds from this unknown area, unknown land, because there are angels. Good deeds are always being carried up by the angels. Malaika are taking them and presenting them in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to the angels. That weak sound that you're hearing from uh, an unknown land, Yunus. This is my slave Yunus alayhi salam. So he left before I wanted him to. Thus, I have kept him in the belly of the whale for some time in the sea. So the Malaika said, Al-Abdu Salih, O Allah, the, the pious, righteous Nabi, Yunus, is that the same person? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, yes, 
and the malaika said alladhi kana yas'adu ilayka minhu fi kulli yawmin wa laylatin amalun salih oh allah is that the same yunus that every day and every night we were receiving good deeds from him every single day because remember when you make dua when you make dhikr you must have heard in the hadith the malaika when they receive this they say to allah this is a familiar sound or they said this is an unfamiliar sound so they said that this is we 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 are so used to hearing this sound and receiving his good deeds so the angels then interceded on his behalf that oh allah you know save him and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted the intercession of the malaika and Allah told the whale to spit him out of the ocean and thus he was taken out onto the shore. So based on these narrations, some ulama they mention that Lawla in Kana min al means al muti'in. So not necessarily the tasbih that he did in the belly of the whale, because he was all and, and this we we find this. If you pray, if you pray to Allah in your days of health. When you become sick, what happens? You still get that reward. The angels still write your reward. So similarly, if we remember Allah at good times, then when we're going through difficulty and you pray to Allah, the malaika, before your deeds reach to Allah, they go to the malaika. The malaika, yeah, we, we know this is a familiar person. Let it go. Let it carry on up to the heavens, up to the arsh of Allah. Let it go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those people who don't pray at all, who don't remember Allah, and then when you fall ill and you start making dua, the angels, when they hear this sound, they say, this is a very strange sound. We've never heard this before. Who is this? Let's, let's investigate. Who is this person? How come he never prays? So your du'as and your dhikr and your ibadah is more readily accepted if we remember Allah at good times, in prosperity, in our happy moments. So remember Allah in your happy moments. Allah will remember you in your difficult and your sad moments. Moving on. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to save Yunus alayhi salam either through the intercession of the angels or through his own tasbih of la ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min al-zalimim. So now what happens? فَنَبَذْنَاهُ بِالْعَرَائِ وَهُوَ مَذْمُونَ or وَهُوَ سَقِيمٌ Allah says that we made the whale spit him out onto the shore. So you've got the ocean. And Bil Ara. Ara is an open land which is barren. There's nothing there. No one and nothing. So Yunus alayhi salam has been in the belly of the whale, could have been up to 40 days in there. He's been living in there, making dhikr, and now he's been spat out onto an open barren shore next to the ocean. And there's nobody. He's in the direct sunlight. And the scholars of Tafsir have mentioned Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says. That when he was spat out, he looked like It looked as if it was, you know, a, a newborn chick. Have you seen a little chick born? Okay, how, how weak does it look? And, the, and, and imagine it having no feathers at all. So this is the condition of Yunus alayhi salam after remaining in the heat of the belly of the whale. And other Mufassirun have said, When a newborn baby is born, you see the condition of the skin and how a person looks. 
So this is how Yunus alayhi salam became when he came out from the belly of the whale. So now remember, he's hungry. He's got no clothing. He is very weak. He's very, very frail. And his skin is in, a, in the best condition because he's been in the belly of the whale. So a number of things now. Now, to cure this, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we grew upon him the tree of yaqteen. Yaqteen is the tree. Now, why did Allah choose the yaqteen tree to grow upon him? What is yaqteen? Yaqteen is the, the qara. The scholars of Quran, hadith mentioned yaqteen is qara. And we find this being mentioned in the Quran. The hadith also discusses this as well. And this is generally translated as the G-O-U-R-D, goad. So there's a whole family of vegetables, which we call this goad family. In that you will find the goad itself, which we call in Urdu, we say kaddu, or we might say dudi, for example. Uh, I, I don't know what it's called in English. Anybody? Not turnip, not pumpkin. Pumpkin's this. This is pumpkin. Okay, this is the pumpkin right here. Um, so you've got, you know, the long, the long one. Asians have it in their curries as well. What's it called in English? No, 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 not cucumber, not aubergine, no, not the black one, the light green one. It's called gourd. Let's stick to gourd then. So you've got gourd, for example, one. You've got pumpkin, two. And number three, you've got butternut squash. Everybody knows what squash is? Okay, squash. This is from the, this family of gourd. And yaqteen could either refer to, this is a type of yaqteen, okay? And the long, green, light green one is also referred to as yaqteen as well. Now, the great thing is, look at the condition of Yunus alayhi salam. Yunus alayhi salam wasn't in a good condition. Okay, he needed treatment for everything, his whole body. And... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grew upon Yunus alayhi salam a tree okay, of pumpkins. And now why? The scholars of tafsir of Quran, Ibn al-Qayyim also, and many others have gone into the explanation of why this? Why was it not a date tree, for example? Why was it not an apple tree, for example? Why was it not any other fruit or vegetable? By the way, this is, we call it a vegetable. Scientifically, it's known as a fruit because there's seeds inside, but let's not get into that. So it's, it's, we call it a vegetable. Now, the pumpkin, we're in October at the moment, and you're probably seeing pumpkins everywhere. And you might be going shopping with your children, right? I'm gonna tell you something now, so that next time you go shopping and you see a pumpkin, you don't walk past it like this, saying haram, 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 okay? Because that's what a lot of our kids are doing. Because we've always told them like, it's Halloween, we don't celebrate Halloween. Pumpkins have got nothing to do with us. And we're not gonna make jack-o'-lanterns out of them. But let's, is there anything Islamic about this? Do we, Quran has mentioned, that we grew upon Yunus alayhi salam, the tree of yaqteen. And then in the hadith we find that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, one of his favorite foods was ad-dubba. And some have translated it as pumpkin as well. Anas ibn Malik says there was a tailor who would sew clothes. He invited the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for a meal. And we sat down in the meal and we saw that there was a curry 
on the curry, inside the curry, there was a dubba or yaqteen. He even said, this is the, the fruit of my brother Yunus. And Anas ibn Malik says the Prophet ﷺ in his plate, he was searching for the pieces of pumpkin and he was looking for them and he was eating them, that he liked them. Anas ibn Malik says from that day onwards, in every meal of mine, I ensured there were pieces of pumpkin in them. I told the people in my family, whenever you cook, you must put pumpkin in there because this is something beloved to the Prophet ﷺ. The scholars have mentioned why the pumpkin and why is this and do we know the benefits of this? I think most of Muslims generally don't benefit from this. This is a time of the year. Let people do what they want to do in terms of their Halloween. If we can benefit from this for a good reason, why? Because this has been mentioned in the Quran. It's the tree that grew on Yunus alayhi salam. Every part of this plant, tree, fruit, vegetable is extremely beneficial. Starting first of all from the leaves. It has really big leaves. When it grows, it can have massive leaves. And what Yunus alayhi salam need was shade. He was thrown out into the open. He's already been through a difficult time. He needed shade. So first of all, the leaves gave him shade from the sun. Secondly, scientifically now you will find the pumpkin is very high in vitamin A and vitamin B. Very, very high in vitamin A and vitamin B. So of course, the, he needed treatment for his skin. The, the pumpkin leaf is very beneficial for your skin. So treatment for his skin. Also, the pumpkin, you don't have to wait for it to ripen. Yunus salam was in a difficult situation. He couldn't wait for the, and this grows very fast. It's one of the fastest growing kind of vegetables. It grows very fast and it gives the fruit very fast. So it grew, grows very fast and you can start eating it. Raw, you can eat it raw and you can eat it cooked. Yunus salam in the open, he wasn't going to go and cook. So you can take it from there and you can eat. Number one, number, number, number two, number three, it's, it's, it's very nutritious. It gives you a lot of energy. And number four, it also uh, quenches your thirst. When you're out in the open, there was no water supply there. When you're out in the open, you need, so it has a lot of water content. Number five, this contains a lot of zinc. Zinc is very beneficial for many things. It has potassium, it has zinc. Many people have benefited from this to lower their cholesterol. Anybody who's got diabetes and is on the insulin, try this. Have some of this and you will see a difference when you take your next measurement or next reading. Also very good for those people who have issues with prostate. And further going on, if somebody has got cancerous prostate also, very beneficial. So not just this, even the seeds. Normally when we've got vegetables, you've got and kidneys also. When you've got fruits and vegetables, you throw the seeds away. Pumpkin seeds are very, very beneficial, extremely beneficial for a number of diseases. So we can see this has been mentioned in the Quran, Shajaratan Min Yaqteen. I can go on. I, the whole day today I've been reading and looking into pumpkin and it's never ending. It's like something that we've overlooked. And unfortunately, Asians especially, I don't know about others, but Asians, we claim to have vegetables, but we kill off all the nutrients by the way we cook it. So there's so much oil in there. And then we, we fry and cook it and cook it and cook it until it's dead. There's no nutrients left. You need to eat them the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made them to benefit from the nutrients that are in the vegetables. So many, many benefits there are. 
for, for skin, for uh, immune system. It's very good for your immune system as well. It's very good for those people who have issues with their prostate, for example, uh, lowering your cholesterol, also for diabetes. Uh, this, the list goes on. And this is all tried and tested. It's not like some fairy tale kind of thing. Oh, maybe it works for this and maybe. No, it is. It's known to have. And also the seeds. So you've got the leaf. Also, its flower is very beneficial. So there's a number of things. Those people who have migraine, if you were to make a juice out of this, it cures migraines. There are a number of benefits of the pumpkin tree. And Quran mentions, so next time you see a pumpkin, rather than running away from it and telling your kids, no, tell them the Islamic version. This is in the Quran. So, and also we find the Prophet ﷺ, he preferred the eating of this and he ensured that it was in his food. And we find that uh, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam eating from this, and thus he would continue having this in his food as well. So we come to the end of the story of Yunus alayhi salam. Remember the dua of Yunus alayhi salam is La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minadhalimim. After this, once he has been cured, he goes back to his people. Allah says, Wa arsalnahu ila mi'ati alfin aw yazidun. We sent him to more than a hundred thousand people. He lived amongst his people. He invited them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they also ac accepted his call. This was the story of Prophet Yunus alayhi salam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to implement the lessons within our lives and inshallah we'll all be having pumpkin uh, tonight. Next week, inshallah, we'll be discussing or we'll be starting the, our next series on the stories of Prophet Musa alayhi salam. We'll probably continue that over maybe eight sessions. So from next week, we'll be starting Prophet Musa alayhi salam. Jazakumullah khairan.